Welcome back to SCWCT. Hope you guys are doing well out there. Today, we're going to cover a few different news. But before I head into the news, guys, I got to tell you about this freaking vegan banana bread that I made for my client about a couple of days ago. So um, I'm going to share it with you. Why not, right? Maybe you can uh, try this out at home during the holiday season and make something special for yourself or someone else. So it's a pretty straightforward recipe, actually, to be honest with you. And it's it's about a, a cup and three quarter cup of flour. So you can pick and choose if you want to use like spelt flour, whole wheat flour, unbleached all-purpose flour, gluten, gluten-free flour, whatever flour of your choice. If you're going to use any of these like high fibrous flours such as spelt or whole wheat, the idea is... In general, the idea is, is not to overmix your batter because if you do that, it gets really dense. So you want to try to uh, be, just be careful, be sensitive to the flour um, in terms of, you know, when you're mixing it. Your next ingredient is going to be one third cup of organic sugar. And that could be pretty much anything you like. I typically lean towards coconut sugar. Uh, in terms of the flour for this recipe, I did go with spelt flour, just so you know. But, you know, just go with whatever you have in your cabinet or whatever you feel comfortable with or just what pretty much whatever you feel comfortable with. Two teaspoons of baking powder. The next is going to be a half teaspoon of baking soda. You can add a little pinch of salt. Sometimes I really don't add salt because you get a little bit of salt from your baking soda already. So adding a pinch of salt, sometimes I feel like kind of throw your recipe off a little bit and you get that salty-like taste. That's just my opinion. You may have a different opinion, which is fine. The next one is a third cup of, you want to use like a neutral oil or you can go the coconut oil route as well, which I have. And actually last week, but not this week, I had went with applesauce with the same amount of measurement in terms of a third cup of applesauce that will replace the oil. Next is gonna be a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And you're gonna use either four small to medium uh, bananas, or if they're like super large, you can, you can use at least three. And what I did was I puree it right in the food processor. Now, if you don't have a food processor, don't worry. You don't have to, you know, go crazy and go buy a food processor. Just mash it up with a fork or whatever kitchen tool that you have in your house that can do the mashing. Maybe just the same tool you have for mashing up your potatoes. Just mash that baby up. Yeah, you want it to be nice and mashed. <laughs> the next is going to be a quarter cup of milk. Now, if you're leaning towards vegan, obviously, you're going to use probably like a nut milk or oat milk or rice milk or something along those lines. Now, if you don't care about that, you can use whatever milk you want. It's that simple. The whole idea is you're going to put all your wet ingredients together nice and slow. Don't over whip and put all in a separate bowl. You're going to add all your dry ingredients together. You know, make sure all the ingredients are mixed evenly and you're going to slowly start to add that to your wet mixture so if you're using like a kitchen aid and that's mixing up your wet mixture slowly pour your flour mix right into that kitchen aid so that everything will start to even out and mix together do not over mix 
I would even go as far as like if the flower, if you're still starting to see a little bit of the flower around, which is fine, grab yourself a rubber a rubber uh, spatula and just kind of take it from the KitchenAid. Stop using the KitchenAid so you don't just to play it safe so you don't overmix. Use that rubber spatula, scrape all along the side, get all that yumminess, put it all together and start to fold it into the batter until everything mixes nice and evenly. Now, if you have a loaf pan, you're going to spray that loaf pan maybe with some with some um, some oil. Um, you can use coconut oil, olive oil. It doesn't really matter. You're only spraying in the loaf pan to apply parchment paper in that loaf pan. So your parchment paper doesn't slide around while you're trying to pour your batter in it. That's that's the only reason why you're going to be using that. So once that parchment paper is right in that loaf pan and sticking nice, it's not moving around. You're gonna pour that batter into that loaf pan and you could top this this banana, this vegan banana loaf off with so many different toppings. I love walnuts. I've done hemp seeds, I've done pumpkin seeds. You could do chocolate chips. You know, you could get super creative. And another thing you can get creative with too is um, you can add some cinnamon to this, to your batter as well. And that's really up to you. That's a little bit more of a, Everybody's, everybody's taste bud is different. So you can figure out what works best for you in terms of measurements. If you're going to be adding cinnamon to your flour mix, like in the very beginning when I was talking about this. So you can start out with a, maybe a half a teaspoon of cinnamon and just gradually work up from there. But a half a teaspoon might be fine for you. All depends on how much you love cinnamon. And that's pretty much it, guys. Then you, you just bake that baby off for about 50 minutes in the oven. Your oven is set to 350. You could do, yeah, pretty much 350. That's what I did. I was gonna say you could do 325, but it really depends on your oven. So yeah, I'm not really sure what oven you're working with, but you won't go you won't go wrong with uh, 350 degrees, and you basically um, bake it off for about 50 minutes. I like to play it safe. When a recipe says 50 minutes, I dial it back about 10 just to check it out, make sure if it's okay. If not, I go the extra mile, maybe five minutes before I get to 50 minutes. Then if, if, if I feel like it needs an extra five minutes, then I go the full 50 minutes, if that makes sense. Hope I didn't confuse you there. Anyway, it's a really cool recipe. Hope you guys like it. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Let's move on to the news, guys. Got some crazy news here. Well, not that crazy. So um, on Forbes, Forbes is talking about some interesting news here. Uh, it seems like every every time we're, uh, well, every time I'm talking here on the podcast, I'm discussing some uh, new technology or like food technology or just where the world is going in terms of our food industry. Forbes has an article out talking about the top 10 trends in plant-based food in 2020 and where are we going in 2021 so you can kind of get the gist of what's going to be talked what's going to be talked about in this article you know carbon footprint you know let's save the world uh prevent aliens from coming down and taking us away <laughs> i'm just playing anyway uh, so the next article is going to be talking about snoop dog snoop dog casa vedre capital closes on 100 million as the cannabis industry bounces back. Then we're going to move along to a little brief talk about Bitcoin, Scaramucci's Skybridge files with SEC, SEC uh, to launch SEC. That's what I said. SEC to launch Bitcoin fund. So, you know, big players are coming into the space. They're buying everything up. 
uh, as they continue to come into the space, prices will eventually continue to go up, which makes it harder for retail investors like you and I, if you're not in the space already, uh, to actually try to accumulate some of these uh, new assets. Anyhow, check it out. Link All the links are going to be in the podcast description. Definitely research for yourself so you can start to understand the space. And hopefully, you know, you'll start to allocate or, you know, make whatever financial decisions for you and your family you feel like will be um, necessary. Uh, XRP News is going to be talking about Flare Network's airdrop, which happened, I think it's about a couple of weekends ago or a weekend ago. I can't even tell, like, what's today and yesterday. Mixing up my days. 46 billion tokens to XRP holders. So simply, you know, it's a one-to-one ratio airdrop. You have 10 XRP tokens. You receive Flare tokens. Now, Flare Network is it's a combination of Ethereum and XRP together, merged in somehow unique way. Uh, it's the features are are very. They're definitely leveraging XRP and parts of Ethereum software to make this happen. And they're supposed to be doing some amazing things in, I think, DeFi, the DeFi space and other things as well. Again, I'll keep this link in the podcast description for you guys to click on and read further. So let's head back over to the Forbes News that we pulled up, well, I pulled up here, the top 10 trends in plant-based food in 2020 and where we're going in 2021. So hindsight in 2020 and is almost in hindsight fortunality. If you you ask most of us. Uh, but despite of the considerable challenges we've faced together this past year, both economically and personally, it's also been a year of tremendous strength and growth. Business have had to adapt to rapid changes in culture and lifestyle, local laws and regulations and ideologies and social issues. And while 2020 sadly marked the closure of many businesses due to pleasures of COVID-19, especially small businesses, loss wasn't all our industry experience this year. Thanks to the right mixture of luck, circumstances, uh, dedications, and we've seen new brands, uh, products, trends, interests, and demands appear in the world of consumer food choices this year. What few can deny is that 2020 has been a pivotal, influential year in ways we likely don't even realize yet. Within the plant-based food space and far beyond, here are some of the trends and changes we observed this year and where we might see things go in 2021. So brands are ditching plastic. So if you didn't know, while you, you may not immediately known it given given the amount of shipping and single serve packaging. We've gone through this year with our various COVID-19 precautions. Plastic is indeed still on its way out. As consumers have become more aware of the effects of plastic waste on the environment and companies that produce food and personal care items have been asked how their packaging plays into the issue. Consumer, consumers buying vegan food and cruelty cosmetics, for instance, likely already have a demonstrated interest in environmental issues. So it only follows that brands in those space 
can win consumers over with more sustainable packaging, which is itself expected to become a $412.7 billion industry by 2021, according to this recent article published by NASDAQ. Plastic has repeatedly been found to be the material least likely to be recycled, according to governmental data cited in the above report in this article. So some brands are ditching it completely in favor of paper-based packaging, at least as much as possible. So the North Carolina-based vegan meat brand, No Evil Foods, for instance, shrink wraps their veggie wraps, well, their veggie meats for freshness, but uses a simple cardboard box for outer packaging. Between consumer pressure and the support of environmental-minded venture capitalists, it's only a matter of time before many more of our favorite products are bio biodegradable. The next one is carbon labeling has become a reality. To some, it felt revolutionary when calorie counts became permanent fixtures on fast food menus in the early, early days. Now, some of the companies are practicing a new kind of radical transparency. Contemporary research as early as 2012, like the study published in Carbon Management Journal, has shown that shoppers in large markets are on the whole very interested in knowing more about the contents of their food and the kind of environment impact it has. Much the way calories have become shorthand, sometimes useful, sometimes not. And for our health, the, for how healthy a food is, carbon emissions calculations have the potential to provide concise and actionable information for consumers, which is, you know, important to consumers. As brands in the vegetarian space continue to opt in to carbon labeling, like corn and Oatly have done this year, we'll, we'll see if the potential comes to fruition. Eating in. According to the FMI Foundation, a Virginia-based nonprofit organization focusing on food, public health, and nutrition, 40% of Americans reported cooking more than usual since the start of the pandemic. As restaurants around the country have faced restrictions and closures, cooking at home has become a practical, as well as often healthy and fun solution for feeding family while saving money and precaution precarious, sorry, money in precarious economic times. Uh, that's been an opportunity for meal kit delivery services, uh, which make meal planning and prepping easier for busy folks. Blue Apron, one, one such service with vegetarian options, enjoyed a surge in stock value this spring as consumers realized the pandemic and no-brainer meals at home were a perfect pairing. In fact, the meal kit delivery service market expected to grow at a CAGR of over 18% between now and 2024. Good news for other brands like Hungry Root and Sun Basket, which continue to expand their reach and menus, and notably 
their vegan options. All of that said, it's hard to deny that Americans have been chomping at the bit to get back to pre-COVID-19 habits and luxuries like dining out at restaurants. It's been an incredible rough year for the restaurant in industry, which has been subjected to mandatory closure, curfews, safety restrictions, and economic strife. It's hard to know exactly what 2021 will look like for restaurants and when exactly COVID-19 will truly be behind us. But at this rate, all signs point to heightened demand when the time comes for all of our renewed interest in cooking this year. As many as 55% Americans are experiencing cooking fatigue from whipping up meal after meal, day after day of living and working for some or working from home. When people filing, filing, geez, when people finally, finally feel safe enough to eat in a restaurant again, we may see a surge in on-site food and beverages sales. So uh, a quick side note, if you are kind of just brainstorming about recipes and feeling a little stuck and not knowing kind of like what to do, you know, I always list my website link in my podcast description, simpleeats.com. It's that simple. Head over, head over to simpleeats.com. There's a bunch of recipes that you can download for free from my eBooks. The rest of them you have to pay for. That basically supports the site, but the holiday season, you know, occasionally I'll throw this uh, promo code, write it down if you can, eat simple. You should be able to put that eat simple in the, the checkout if you're thinking about downloading one of my eBooks and you'll be able to download that eBook for free. It's that simple. So you have a choice. You can use the promo code, get your ebook for free, or you can pay the 99 cents for the ebook and support the channel. It's that simple. I'm going to leave that up to you guys, but there's tons of recipes. Many of them I use with my clients in, in the ebooks. Uh, a lot of the vegans one I, I've used for my vegan clients. So feel free, download those, try it out, put a spin on it, make it your own, get creative in the kitchen and hopefully you have fun. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, I think. I think that's it. Well, actually, this art. Wow, this guys, this is a lengthy article. I'm not going to read all of this. this. I didn't realize that. But the next one basically talks about 2020 was the year of the vegan chicken. 2020 will be fit. 2020, 2020 was the year of vegan chicken. Interesting. 2021 will be fish. So vegan vegetarian seems like are the areas that we're going to be, you know, touching, touching on in the next upcoming years. Definitely plant based is going to be, you know, part of this more eco-friendly, more carbon, uh, stand- decreasing carbon footprint, as we know. Egg, egg, or egg alternatives will continue to expand. Uh, more ingredients, more options. You know, if you thought almond, oat, hemp, cashew, rice, and soy milks were enough to complete the milk alternative selections, think again. Obviously, there are going to be some more alternatives. Everything to pretty much fit everybody's dietary needs and, you know, whatever vitamin enrich everything we've seen this they're going to start you know for kind of like what they do with milk you know they add vitamin d fortified you know vitamins all that stuff it's going to be happening to a lot of our food food products as well um adaptations are the latest health craze so you know something else you you may want to look into regenerative uh, agriculture in the new gold standard this is really cool bringing the soil back 
uh, looking ahead. Every year brings change, but 2020 particularly has made us rethink and rework so many aspects of our food system, the restaurant industry, and even what we put in our own bodies. It's encouraging to see the shift, big and small. Brands are committed to forsake the environment, animals, and workers. Pretty cool article here, guys. Link is going to be in the podcast description. I will also say this. My business has changed. I pretty much work from home now, do all my meal prepping for my clients. What what would be really interesting for restaurants is if they can think of a creative way to basically um, a creative way to, I want to say meal prep, like a creative way where they can change sort of their approach to how their food is being served to the consumers. Maybe integrating a meal prepping like service into their their uh, their restaurant business would probably probably be a creative, innovative idea. I think would work really well for those that are suffering uh, during this pandemic. I think that would be a really cool shift on being able to provide for the community, just meal preps, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, you know, stuff like that at, you know, in an affordable cost for the community. I don't know. Think about it. If you're a restaurant owner, you know someone, you're a chef, you know, think about it. I think it would be a cool idea. Let's move on. So Scaramucci's uh, is a big time player, big time uh, investor, uh, Sky. Scaramucci's Skybridge files with uh, SEC SEC to launch Bitcoin Fund. So this was interesting. So, like I said, big players are coming in. So Anthony Scaramucci's multi-billion-dollar hedge fund, Skybridge Capital, has submitted a formal application with the United States Secretary Regulator to launch a new Bitcoin BTC fund. The form D for an exempt offering appeared on the Secretaries and Exchange Commission's website on Monday. The proposal lists Skybridge Bitcoin Fund LP as the insurer and Skybridge Bitcoin Fund GPLC LLC as their related person. So I'm not going to go through this all, but investment fund made whole long and short positions in digital asset, the company and investment, this is what they're saying, the company and investment fund may also invest in securities of company related in whole or in part to digital assets or digital asset technology, including digital asset miners, payment technologies, digital security, or crypto trading exchanges, or that otherwise have direct or indirect exposure to emerging technologies. So institutional and corporate uptake of Bitcoin has emerged as one of the biggest stories of 2020. Name like Paul Tudor Jones, Stanley uh, Miller, and Jim Cramer have thrown their weight behind Bitcoin, while firms like Mass Mutual and Ruffer Investment Companies have also entered the market. On the corporate side, Michael Strategy, Square, and uh, Cyberpunk have all made substantial contributions to their balance sheet in recent months. So big players, guys, check out the space. I'm going to leave this link in the podcast description. 
Let's move on to this Flare talk about XRP. So this is found on CryptoBriefing.com. So Flare networks to airdrop 46 billion tokens to XRP holders. So, so to help kickstart the activity on the network, Flare network airdrops, you know, the 40 billion Flare tokens to all the XRP holders. Flare network has announced the number of Spark tokens that it will be issuing to eligible XRP holders. So users that held XRP on an exchange, such as Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, and other exchanges. Another one is Anchor, U Anchor USD, no, Anchor USA, Anchor US, one of those. And other exchanges will, will receive this airdrop. Users have on to, okay, so users, use, users have on to June 11th of 2021, I guess, to claim their token still. Pretty interesting. So uh, Flare ignites Ripple frenzy. Hugo um, Phelan, Flare Network CEO, I think I said the last name correctly, co-founder has stated that the total distribution has gone up from 45 billion to 45.83 billion. The reason for this 0.83 billion increase is due to Ripple's custody of XRP on behalf of the charitable organization. This organization is also permitted to claim their flare airdrop. However, the total flare created remains unchanged with 100 billion flare tokens created in total. Eligible holders, XRP holders, eligible XRP holders will earn 1.0073 flare tokens for each XRP that, held, that they held at the time of the December 12th snapshot. For example, an eligible user who held 100 XRP will receive 100.73 Flare tokens. The first round of distribution of Flare Network Network's launch will transfer 15% of the total claim amount to users. Users will receive the remaining Flare tokens over the next 25 to 34 months. So pretty much over the course of two years and change, you know, you'll start to receive your Flare tokens. And lastly, some news here about Snoop Dogg. So the investment fund co-founded by cannabis concierge Snoop Dogg, Casa Verde Capital, also known as Calvin Brodus, Snoop Dogg, also known as Calvin Brodus, has closed on 100 million for its second investment fund according to documents filed with the SEC. The fund whose managing director, Karen Wahira, declined, the, declined to comment for this article, has managed to raise more cash just as the market for cannabis-related products seems posed for another period of expansion. What happened to the public perception of the cannabis industry cannabis industry is not too dissimilar to the dot-com bubble of the late 90s where there was a lot of hype and a lot of the driving a lot of it was driven by public companies and a lot of it was speculative trading and valuations that were really founded in founded in reality we're talking about the projections multiple years out there into the future and then crazy revenue multiples on top of that, Wahira said that the last bust when he spoke to TechCrunch in July, things just got really frothy and that eventually burst. And last April or May 
was sort of like the apex of the moment. It's it's when things started to trade off and it's been those names and public names in particular that have been that that have been hit particularly hard. Since then the industry has has come roaring roar, basically roaring back. Sitting here today 4 plus months into COVID, cannabis has really proved itself to be a non silical industry. Cannabis has been deemed as essential business everywhere across the US. We had record record sales in March, April, May because people was going crazy and they wanted to relax. So they chose cannabis over wine. That's just me saying this. So uh so back in March, April, May and the trend has continued. So what Hira said uh, in July, and now that we are getting into the environment where governments are going to be looking for additional source of tax revenue, the potential urgency around cannabis legalization is going to be there, which is going to be a massive pos- uh, positive for the industry. There's no indication of the target for the new venture capital fund, but with the new fundraising, Casa Verde more than doubles the size of its initial investment vehicle. Since Brodus, Wadhira, and a third partner, and the, the founder of Cashmere Agency and Stampede Management, Teg Young, launched their debut fund in 2018, weed businesses have endured a roller coaster business cycle of boom and bust. In spite of those market vigorous, uh, Casavide has managed to build a portfolio that is now worth at least 200 million, according to people with knowledge of the firm, that money has come through several special purpose vehicles and other fundraising mechanisms raised alongside the flagship fund. The overall market for cannabis and cannabinoid derivatives is expected to hit 34 billion by 2025, according to an analyst reported seen by TechCrunch from the investment bank Cohen, with Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota all passing adult use cannabis legalization measures in their state. The investment bank predicted roughly. 30% growth to their total addressable market estimates. For its part, Casa, Casa Verde has always taken a broad view on potential addressable market that cannabis and its chemical compounds could capture. Pretty cool stuff. I'm going to leave the rest for you guys to read. They get into a little bit of CBD, uh, sleep epidemic, you know, uh, and they, yeah, they talk about a lot here. So I'm going to leave the link in the podcast description. It's, it's from Ted Crunch. Great news, guys. That's all for today. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, try that banana recipe out. Tell me what you think. It's amazing. I freaking love it. And I love it even more with walnuts on top. I'm telling you, put some walnuts on top or walnuts and hemp seeds. My niece, Lisena, she doesn't like walnuts. So if she's listening, don't put walnuts on it. <laughs> Guys, be well. Happy holidays. Stay safe out there. Catch you guys in the next one. I'm Chef T. And again, thanks for joining me right here on SEWCT. Peace.